0: Yo, and welcome to the 98th episode of Lake of Rage, a Pokemon trading card game podcast. I am your host, but as you can probably tell, I am not, as always, Kevin Clemente, aka Mellow underscore Magikarp. My name is Emmy Stonier, aka Emmy. I am a competitive Pokemon player, a founder of Girl Power TCG. Uh, Kevin has requested that I host this episode as sort of like a Women's History Month takeover episode of the podcast. So joining me today are two other wonderful temporary guest hosts. All of us competitive Pokemon TCG players, some of us content creators, one of us who's been on the podcast before, all of us women. So we've got Piper Lapine and Eliza Barbera. How are you guys doing today?
1: I'm pretty tired. Good. Ready for bed. <laughs> Fair.
0: You know, we have these things connecting us all, and we don't really need to focus entirely on gender or issues or anything. We can just talk about how much we love the trading card game, and if it has affected us, it has. But um, I'm going to try to do Mello's, Mello's uh, rapid-strike questions. So, uh, Eliza, do you want to go first? Sure. Okay, I'm going to throw, like, eight-ish questions at you, and you just answer as fast as you can. We get to know you a little bit better about some random things. So, All right. All right. Favorite Pokemon? Shuckle. Favorite flavor of ice cream?
1: Mint chocolate chip.
0: Favorite genre of music?
1: Mm, Mmm, J-pop?
0: Cats or dogs? Cats. Favorite TCG deck of all time?
1: Uh, Xerneas Rainbow Force from Breakthrough Rainbow Road.
0: I don't know that deck. That sounds fascinating. Uh, what's your hidden talent?
1: Oof. Um... I don't think any of my talents are hidden. I think I talk too much for them to stay silent. (laughs) Uh, I did theater for like 12 years and was on a few like professional production things as well as a few shows. So I guess people in this community don't know that I do acting or used to. That's cool.
0: Uh, Favorite generation of Pokemon?
1: Oh, God. Gen 5.
0: And biggest pet peeve?
1: Whenever someone says, in my testing, to defend a statement, and then when you ask them if they've kept notes of their testing, they just say no, so you know for a fact that their testing was not, like, good testing.
0: I think that's fair. All right, Piper, I'm going to throw them at you, but backwards, order, if that that works. (laughs) All right, Piper, biggest pet peeve.
2: Oh, no, uh... A lot of Jake Earhart's tweets.
0: <laughs> favorite generation of Pokemon. Oh,
2: uh, Gen Five.
0: What's your hidden talent?
2: Um, I do a lot of ceramics and pottery.
0: That is uh, so yeah. cool. Uh, favorite TCG deck of all time.
2: Probably 2014 Brazilian Genesect.
0: Cats or dogs? Dogs. Favorite genre of music.
2: Uh, I don't know, probably pop.
0: Favorite flavor of ice cream?
2: Cookies and cream.
0: Favorite Pokemon. More Pico. Okay. First of all, I just think that was so funny. Both of you guys had amazing answers to the biggest pet peeve. <laughs> but um, both of you guys also really like Gen 5. Is, so when did you guys both start playing pokemon um piper do you want to start off
2: uh i black and white two were my first video games that i played uh i think my first set was like plasma storm or something so like there's definitely some of that bias but also like gen five is just better pokemon honestly like i i don't think i i think i like every pokemon in that gen good plot for a pokemon game uh nice maps Also, they did, like, sequels, which is better than remakes.
0: Was it, like, the actual design of the Pokémon themselves, like, the artwork, or, like, the design of the games and, like, the TCG at the time?
2: Uh, I would say both. I mean, TCG, black and white's pretty peak, um, especially compared to, like, X and Y, which is not as great. Um, The Pokémon themselves are really nice, too.
0: What about you, Eliza?
1: Uh, so I started playing the video game back in the 90s. Um, my I still have my original Game Boy Color and my Pokemon Blue version, but my brother had an original game boy with red version. Uh, I don't like Gen one. I I mean, I like Gen one, but it's not too high up there, but it was the first gen I started playing. I didn't like Gen 2. Uh, I don't like Gen 3 uh gen 4 was when i got back into liking this series but like on replay they they're they just don't hold up as well but gen 5 is probably in terms of video game like peak pokemon period i don't think they've ever topped gen 5 and i don't think any games before gen 5 released really stood a chance uh I started collecting the TCG in Plasma Blast, but I didn't start playing until just after Primal Clash released. Um, So that doesn't have anything to do with why I like Gen 5. I just don't think there's anything to dislike about Gen 5.
0: I think that's valid. It's funny that I'm kind of backwards from you guys. I've never played Black and White. Um, and I, it sounds like I'm missing out from what you guys have both said. Uh, I played the original video games like Game Boy Color um, as a kid and then kind of was had a cool kid phase where I was like, I don't love Pokemon still. No one needs to know. Uh, and so I, I, I've i always needed to go back and play. I think I missed Black and White and X and Y and then started playing the video games again with Sun and Moon um, and then very end of sun and moon is when i started getting back into the tcg like collecting side of it so you guys kind of like it sounds like similar timing for starting to play the tcg maybe but piper you were younger did you start as a junior
2: i did start as a junior that was an experience um like juniors when i played was completely different because regionals were on the same weekends across the country so you didn't have people from like the east coast coming to the west coast to play also it was like free entry and everything and then events were like super small as well it's like completely different now it's crazy
0: yeah so how was it like transitioning to like so you've transitioned from juniors to seniors to masters that's crazy so like what's kept you playing the game so much like
2: yeah, um the game is just fun in general. It's like not overly expensive like Magic is. Like I I enjoy playing Magic from time to time, it's just so expensive. Uh and then it's just cheap. Pokémon's cheap, easy to get into. It's still a fun game. Uh there's a lot of like open-endedness. Like you can just build a lot of different decks. Uh which I feel is pretty good. Um I have a lot of good friends that play, which is nice. And also a lot of the travel like I, yeah I'm, I'm not sure like the competitive circuits in other games but um i've been able to travel a lot since i did really well in juniors got stipends there then same in seniors uh, now in masters a bit but, yeah
0: that makes sense that's really cool uh, eliza what got you like switching from you said you started collecting the game again what got you to play the game again
1: so my friend Will was a professor, and he was running a league challenge at our college, uh, University of Rhode Island, because we had our own league dedicated to the college. And he was either running a cup or a challenge, and he only had seven people for it. And he called me and was like, if I give you a theme deck, can you show up so I can run this event and have it be sanctioned? So everyone was playing, like, Dark Rye EX decks, and I showed up with, like, a Chesspin theme deck and. I flipped heads on a paralysis off of the Weedle, I think, seven turns in a row. And at that point, I was like, maybe I should play the card game. Uh, And then people at the League loaned me their Nightmarch deck, and Joltik is one of my favorite Pokemon, so I pretty much just got hooked from there. There was no stopping me at that point. That's
0: amazing. Uh, Let's maybe go Eliza and then Piper this one. Do you have like a funniest memory while playing the Pokemon TCG?
1: Um, so mine actually involves a huge misplay of mine, and I have to double-check the wording on one of the cards real fast. Um, Sounds good. I was playing Rainbow Road at, which was the Xerneas deck, which for a fairy and double colorless dealt 10 damage plus 30 for every different type on your bench. So you had a bunch of Pokemon on your bench, and the cost of attacking was decently high. Um but it wasn't that hard to do. And the deck ran max elixir, which was look at the top six cards of your deck, choose a basic energy you find there, and then attach it to one of your basic Pokemon on your bench. And it had this combo with Diantha, where if a fairy Pokemon had gotten knocked out, you could do... Let me double check the wording on Diantha too, while I'm here. When it's like out. if fairy
2: Pokemon is knocked out, you get two cards from your discard, I believe.
1: Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, it's two from your discard into your hand. So they would knock out the Xerneas, and then I would Diantha to get the double colorless and a max elixir back. And I had, it was the very last turn, if I could take knockout, I had game, and I had max elixir Diantha in hand. So I played Diantha, got the double colorless back, and then got a super rod and put three energy back into the deck. So of my eight card deck, three were energy. So there was no way I was going to miss the max elixir. Um, and I explained that to my opponent and was like, are you cool if I just pick it up? And he just said yes without really knowing what I was saying. So I played Max Elixir and picked up my whole deck. And he called the judge over and the judge, like, made the ruling that it was a double prize penalty and the Max Elixir would go to the discard without resolving. And I argued with the judge for, like, one minute about that's not what would happen. We would just shuffle and I'd still get to play the Max Elixir. And the judge was like, no, you're wrong. That's not how it works. And then I like looked at the judge and I was like, is this really what's happening? And the judge was like, yeah, too bad. And I was like, okay, can you shuffle my deck for me? And then I played down the second max elixir I had in hand and was able to win the game anyway. And my opponent was really pissed off that I I, wasted time debating the ruling. But I just really enjoyed messing with that judge because their ruling was wrong and being able to slam dunk on them felt really good.
0: I mean, also, like, if it's a judge call, wouldn't you just get that time extension anyways?
1: Well, so it wasn't so much of a time extension. It was that, so my opponent was getting the double prize penalty, and then I wasn't going to be allowed to play that first max elixir. So if I didn't have the second one, I was just going to lose the game.
0: Right. I, I just figure if it was time, like, where you were arguing with the judge, like, your opponent maybe could have said, like, could we get a time extension for this, like, interaction? I don't know. Yeah. It was just a thought.
1: Yeah, the time wasn't a factor. It was just like after a minute, the judge basically told me that if I kept arguing with him, he was gonna have to DQ me. So I, that's so funny. So I stopped arguing with him and played the second Max Elixir for game. Please. Um, I ended up getting I think third at that ARG. I lost to a deck that was like, I think it was Mega Ray, but the guy refused to play Shaman EX, so it was a really like nerfed Mega Ray, and he ended up getting first at the event. I'm still salty about it.
0: That's amazing, all right, Piper. Do you have a funniest memory while playing the pokemon t c g
2: uh, I don't think I have as funny of one, but um, at like indie last year, I think it was uh, I played Sam Chen first round of day two, and I think he was like bricking or something because he' used Sobble's double hit like three times, which should not be happening ever, but that was really scuffed <laughs> i I don't know can't remember much else.
0: no, you're good. Is that where you flipped? two coins and it does like 10 damage for each heads
2: yeah 10 or 20 something like that it's it's not keep calling i i know that much
0: (laughs) that's so funny oh my gosh yeah so i think i asked piper like what kept her coming back to the tcg like from juniors to seniors till now and i know eliza you've been to almost every single event this season right so what keeps you playing the pokemon tcg
1: Um, so up until this season, it was just, pre-pandemic, it was my friends, uh, one of the closest groups of friends that I had, that I still have to this day, were just really into the TCG, and we loved making off meta decks, and showing up to regionals, and doing well enough to get points, but never enough to day two, and we just kind of enjoyed throwing random junk at people, and taking wins where we shouldn't have, um, During the pandemic, all of those friends stopped playing, but I was a judge, so I was still doing like team challenge stuff. And then post-pandemic for this season, next season, me and my wife are settling down and starting a family and stuff, so there isn't really another chance for me to go hard and chase a world's invite. So this season is kind of the last hurrah before I'm (laughs) made to retire by the domestic life. I'll probably swap over to judging since I'm already a stage one judge in VGC, TCG, and organizer. Um, so I'll probably just swap over to do that. I'll still like play, but it's going to be a lot more casually than I ever have before.
0: Makes sense. I think that's really sweet to like being able to have like one last hurrah, like one big giant season. And I know you've you've been doing pretty well with control which um i think that's fun too i feel like the ex- except for sander right uh, i think he's probably like the number 1 control player off the top of my head but i feel like most control players that i know i call them control queens cuz i feel like i just know so many women who love playing control and piper you won with control right yeah
2: what
0: what is it about control that's really fun to play we'll go piper then eliza
2: uh so I'm like not a normal person and I think decks that like require a lot of overthinking uh, are very fun. That's why I enjoyed the Shady Deals engine. Like I think for like four events straight I played Shady Deals stuff. Then I played Mewtwo and then I played Lugia for some events for some reason. And then I went back to Shade Dealings. I just like playing decks where I get to overthink everything.
0: It's okay. We're all bots at some point. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Eliza? What 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 is calling your name about control?
1: Uh so it's two separate things. The first is I also think that decks that make me overthink are a lot of fun. I I like playing against control, cause figuring out each deck each like individual decks win con against control is a lot of fun for me. And then I find piloting control a lot of fun because it's instead of just, oh, we're both playing Solitaire and whoever like gets their row 13 faster wins the game. It's, I'm just gonna keep messing with you until you figure out what to do or you lose. And it's like it gives you the opportunity to outplay your opponent and your opponent to outplay you more than regular decks. Um, and then the other reason is because everyone thinks control is really hard to play. But I don't I think control is easier to play than other decks once you have a deck list. Building a control deck list is super difficult, but then once you have a functioning deck list, I think it's easier easier to play than most meta decks.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like um maybe it's your strengths lie within figuring out the puzzle. Like, someone hands you the puzzle, like, someone hands you the 60, and you've figured it out and figure out all the matchups, right?
1: Yeah. I definitely do that with every deck that I play, is that people will just hand me a 60 and say, hey, can you figure out how to pilot this, or, like, the small tweaks you would make. And from there, I'm really good at decks. But from building a deck from scratch, I am absolute garbage, which is also why I do the the spreadsheets on twitter is because if i just have that framework to work with i can build pretty consistent decks it's just control is more fun to build than others it's true
0: that's actually something i didn't even write down a question about this but something i was thinking about before we hit record earlier is i was thinking eliza you have your spreadsheets and piper you write articles for cutter tap now right Mm So, I think that that's really interesting that not only do both of you guys play the game and study the game, like, both of you guys are creating, I guess creating content is maybe, like, a a weird way to phrase it, because you guys aren't necessarily creating, like, YouTube videos or anything, but it's, like, statistical or, like, more analytical what you guys are both creating, like, for other competitive players. Um... I don't know if there's even a question in that. I just think that that's an interesting connection. Maybe there's not a question in that. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> I, mean, I
1: always enjoy reading the articles. I think once I make a spreadsheet and release it out there, it enables other people to make their own content or at least gives people that don't have wide testing groups or wide game knowledge a good framework to work with. And I think articles do a really good job of Whereas mine is just, here's a skeleton list, go wild. Articles do a really good job of explaining to players why certain things work the way they do. And I think those two mediums combined are a really powerful resource to play, for players to have. And I think it's almost necessary for everyone at some point to have access to those resources.
0: Piper, when you're writing your articles, are you looking towards stats from like other places like i don't think you're pulling up eliza's spreadsheets necessarily but like maybe like trainer hill or limitless
2: um i think it depends like i'll, I'll definitely look at the like card counts from a uh, limitless events um but because i usually don't especially when i don't have like a whole lot of testing on in like a certain match or something and i can just like use theory with some numbers behind it which is nice so then i don't feel like i'm just spreading misinformation. Um like, because you can just see at, with the um, like Champions League, there's a lot of weaknesses in a lot of the lists which you can capitalize on. So like, and when you see that, that's like one of the few events that we have like a lot of access to. People are going to take lists from there and not make a whole lot of changes. so you can kind of still capitalize off those weaknesses. Uh, I think I do use Trainer Hill, at least like the deck Venn diagram thing. I really like that. um, that's a very nice. Uh, Program. Um, I'll use the Draw Calc on Limitless a lot uh, for doing. I do like pretty basic statistical stuff, like as well as like prizing.
0: That makes sense. There was like a tiny bit of mention about like uh, Champions League, like maybe like hinting towards post rotation. I know I'm really excited to have post rotation. Eliza, you've got one more event to play before we switch over. Um, But both of you guys are going to EUIC, so. Are you guys excited for post-rotation? Are you sc- excited for Scarlet Violet? Is there any new archetypes like screaming your name that you're dying to play? Um, Eliza, do you want to start?
1: I am dying for Mirai'don to be good, and I think the Clefki Regieleki VMAX engine is pretty solid. I'm probably not going to play it for EUIC. <laughs> um, I think there's like... I think sticking with more consistent known variables is going to be better for a player like me who doesn't have the ability to construct these new decks off the top of their head uh, and doesn't have access to the same resources as someone who's actually good at the game. Uh, <laughs> but I'm I'm excited for the new format. I'm excited to see what decks actually pop up and stay there. You know, there's Lost Box, obviously, that people are hyped for. Giratina, Lugia, uh, Mew, Gardevoir, Maridon. I'm excited to probably play Lugia and just pretend I'm a bot from the Silver Tempest format.
0: All right, Piper, what do you think? Are you excited for post-rotation format, Scarlet Violet, anything screaming your name?
2: Oh, I don't know. I really like the Guardi engine, like specifically without the Guardi EX, just like, I guess I could have played that in Silver Tempest, but it's like a lot weaker than just shady dealings. But without Shady Dealings, like um it's been a pretty solid replacement, especially with like Radiant Credinja. You're just drawing the cards instead of finding them. Uh I really like Sablezard. I think it is just the best way to play Lost Box. I think all the Mirage Gate lists are cope and are just incredibly inconsistent. Um and Sablezard, you you just consistently hit turn two lost mine. Um there's a very high chance I'll just play Sablesard to UIC if I don't like. Just build something crazy other than that. Oh, so we'll see.
0: I think that makes a lot of sense. And that's something that um because I'm I'm definitely a much newer player. And so when I was learning Lost Box, I was trying to play it with uh Raiko and Rayquaza first. And then uh the coach I was working with was like, absolutely not, we're starting you with hard. we're keeping it simple. And I know it kind of fell off the map there because it just wasn't as powerful as the other versions. But the consistency there across, you're playing, you know, 9 or 15 rounds if you make Day 2. It's like, it's so, so essential. So that makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah, I mean, the main issue with the deck was that it could not beat a competent Lugia player. um, And now Lugia just doesn't have Stoutland and the deck, Lugia itself is just a much worse deck. Also, it's like, you're just playing a more consistent Lost Box deck. You're, you you can cut like the Greninja and Mirage Gates and like seven extra energies for consistency to find the chorus because without net you can't really just rely on um flyer selecting. You have to have your chorus. So that kind of just makes your deck better. Like I think now I'm at three or four poke years. It's like really scuffed, but you just can't, like I had the same issue with the um Mirage Gate Lost Box builds, because that's what I was testing initially. Uh like you just don't find chorus and you just lose. It's really bad.
0: There was a game at Vancouver against Lugia, because I think I hit three or four Lugia in a row. Where I had all four Coralus in deck. I knew that they were all there. And it was like turn three before I found any of them. I was like, yeah. how is this even possible? <laughs> I'm shuffling, I swear. Yeah, no, that's painful. That makes a lot of sense. Doing a quick like switch over. Just because I'm curious, um, maybe we'll start with Piper this time. Have you noticed, like, especially like going from juniors to seniors to masters? I've heard this before. I don't know how true it is that like juniors, it's pretty equal in terms of like gender. Like, there's you know a pretty even mix versus like you get to seniors, not so much. And then masters, we have like a bigger disparity between. I-, I would say men and women playing the game, but also we have LGBTQ and non-binary identities and everything included. But have you noticed a disparity in the game? Like, has has it ever bothered you? Has anything ever popped up, especially as you're going from junior to
2: master? Uh, I haven't really like noticed anything. I, I'm also like not looking for it, but I, like I will say, back in juniors, it was definitely more, a lot more females because it was it was still like a lot of just locals at regionals and stuff. Um, it was definitely a bit higher than seniors. There were like barely any. Um like I think in seniors the only other like top female player that I had heard of was Kaya. Um and then Masters, yeah, it's still like pretty minimal. Uh but yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely I mean, yeah, Kaya was like world champion for right before COVID, right? So yeah. that makes a lot of sense to know her name. <laughs> um actually I would try to say her last name, but I don't, I don't know if I could pronounce it. Yeah, it's interesting. I like how you say that you weren't looking for it, because I think that when I started Girl Power, especially, like I was looking for it a lot, and part of that's because I had like a not so great experience at an LGS that was based on how I appear in like my gender. Mm-hmm. And so, like that caused me to like very much look for it. Like I remember when you won. Uh, baltimore i just remember like being so excited and being like when's the last time a woman won a regional and like being like i actually don't know <laughs> you know like yeah i was like you know what like has anyone kept track of this and maybe it's not necessary and i n- i never want to take away your accomplishments either by saying like oh you're a woman player you're not piper right so mm-hmm. it's been an interesting thing for me to kind of like think about and balance like i'm gonna be screaming and supporting you as you right but yeah i was like eliza have you noticed any disparity like i i know you were um a little older when you're started getting back into the game but you've played in like multiple locations it sounds like two so throughout everything have you noticed a, a difference
1: um it was a lot more prevalent back in 2016 2017 um around that time i'd say there was probably like one female master division player out of every like eight or nine players total um it has actually gotten better recently it's been like slowly getting better but it's still a pretty big disparity i i'm also not looking for it too much but you know there's that whole like a uh, statistical psychological thing where if it's like a a one third split or something like that, where it's actually like a thirty three percent female field, everyone will think it's fifty fifty uh, male female, and then they'll actually check the real numbers, and it ends up being sixty six thirty three almost every single time. Um, and so even though I feel like it's getting better, I'm sure if I like sat down and crunched the numbers, it would be a lot worse than I actually think it is. Um, but i haven't like i don't know it it definitely used to be worse and i'm glad that it's getting better
0: that's interesting i actually didn't know that about uh that statistical thing
1: oh yeah uh do you think the league of legends roster is mostly males or mostly females
0: Oh, don't put me on the spot there. I would assume it would be mostly female.
1: You're not correct. It's almost, uh, it's about 60% male, 40% female.
0: No way, really?
1: Every, if there's any video game that you think it's 50-50 or more dominated by females, sit down and look at the numbers, unless it's like a game that's like, like if it's like a Love Live game, of course there's gonna be more <laughs> females in that. Right. but. If you, like, if it's, like, a fighting game, like, if you look at Smash Brothers, and if you decide to rule out monsters, monsters are normally, like, immediately male uh, in most video games, so even if you rule those out, it's still always going to be weighted masculine more than you think. Fire Emblem, even? I went through all of the Fire Emblem Heroes units, which is, like, over 300 plus units when I initially did it, and it was almost majority male, even though it being like a waifu gacha game. It was, my my fiancé told me this like senior year of college, and I spent three months checking everything I could find because I was upset that she was right. Um... Piper,
0: did you know that? Am I alone in not knowing this statistical
2: thing? Um, I feel like I've heard it before. I don't know. I haven't gone to do the research for it, but yeah.
0: That's so interesting. What the heck?
1: Yeah, sorry, I'm like reeling it's from fun. that.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: it's a it's a super common thing. So I'm sure if anybody out there is like, oh yeah, there's like maybe like two women for every five, le- for every like three males that play Pokemon. If you like actually sit down and look at it, I'm sure it's a lot worse than you actually think it is.
0: Ah, uh, but speaking of kind of like women players in the community. Are there any women players that you look up to or you feel inspired by? Um, Piper, do you want to go first?
2: Uh, Sure. Um, There's Mia Violet because I went to, like, she was a master when I started playing. Uh, So, like, uh, when I started playing and, like, was learning and whatnot, uh, she was, like, at league and whatnot. uh, And then she did well at one of the first, I think that was, like, my first worlds that I was at, uh, and she played the Duskrai. I still play that deck sometimes in 2014 events. It's a very fun deck.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I think she got 11th place at Worlds is what I have written on my document in 2014. So that makes sense. And yeah, if people don't know who she is, um, you might not know her as a player anymore because she works for TPCI, so can't play anymore. But yeah, an amazing player. Mm-hmm. What about you, Eliza? Do you have any women players that you look up to?
1: uh so i'm a little guilty here uh because i spent most of my time playing pokemon identifying as male i didn't really care to remember any of the female players i was like that's cool they're female moving on uh now that i myself am female most of my like people that i look up to are like some of the newer players like natalie miller like piper hey piper how's it going uh Uh, what was it? Was it Baltimore that you won with Intellion? Yes. Yeah, I went back to my hotel room and immediately my friends were like, "Eliza, girl win!" And I was like, "Girl win, <laughs> fan of girl, let's go." Uh. <laughs> so you, Natalie Miller, uh, I think Patricia Walls from Argentina. Are they the? They were Pato in our Discord server at one point, right?
0: Correct. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a nickname that she goes by
1: yeah pato was absolutely chill um i looked up to them for a little bit at the like tail end of last season i think is when i like discovered them as a player uh so being able to meet up with pato and natalie miller at laic this year was like a kind of big deal for me (laughs) um but i don't know it i'm definitely more in tune with the newer ones just because circumstances Led me to not paying attention until recently.
0: That makes sense. And yeah, Piper, I just wanted to say really quick. Obviously, I want to connect this to what I was saying earlier, where it's like I'm not saying like, oh, woman won, but we were in the (laughs) girl power TCG server. We were all like screaming when, (laughs) like, messaging back and forth, so excited when you were in the finals. Like, it was explosive. I should maybe like send you a (laughs) screenshot. It was so fun um so yeah you definitely have a ton of like sisters and siblings like really cheering for you um i know i don't think you're a part of our server but i just wanted to tell you that um and also wanted to say so natalie miller i think a lot of people know her as a player um players cup champion regional champion um ocic top eight 24th at worlds in 2018 just rattle off a bunch of statistics she's a crazy well-known player from australia um, very, very good player. And then Patricia Gonzalez Walsh, who is on our team, like Eliza mentioned for Girl Power TCG, but she is a special event champion, um, LAIC top thirty-two, and she got ninth place at Worlds in twenty twelve. So we- we're here, like, right? Like, we're doing well. We're we're fighting alongside, and I'm really curious to kind of continue to build out this kind of history document that. Um, shout out to the people at Pokestats that helped me start to piece this all together. I was like, Piper, you're a regional champion two times in the same season, and you've got the regional top eight as well this season. So you've been killing it in Masters, not even mentioning your seniors' accomplishments, too. So um, yeah, it's, it's been really fun to put together and kind of touch on. But um, kind of last question, maybe a little more like sentimental, like feelsy. But um, if you could give your, a younger version of Piper, or a younger version of Eliza, or any other girls out there who want to start playing the Pokemon TCG competitively any advice, what would it be? Um, Eliza, do you want to start off?
1: Uh, sure. If I had to give any younger like girl player advice, it would be just make sure that you build those social connections because those friends are going to be the ones that you hang out with and see at those regionals. Those friends are going to be the ones that help elevate you to a higher level of play and those friends are going to be the ones that are there for you when a regional goes poorly or if something happens at a regional to upset you. At the end of the day, we're stronger together and whether that's by having exclusively female friends or having male friends or a mixture of all of that at the end of the day none of that matters it just matters that you're there you have those friends and you work together with them because we're a community we're all just here to play and enjoy pokemon and i think it's fair to say that a majority of us like making friends
0: (laughs) for sure all right piper Do you have any advice for a younger version of yourself or any other girls that want to start playing a Pokemon trading card game competitively? Um,
2: Yeah, generally for younger girls, I'd say, yeah, just get a good friend group of people uh, that, like, you trust and can rely on. Um, Also, like, don't get intimidated by other players. Like, I've definitely, I've known that some top players, like, back in juniors and seniors, uh, definitely, like, intimidated their, like, I've seen them intimidate female opponents and, like, when they do something, they're like, oh, it's fine that I did it, it's okay, stuff like that. Uh, just don't really, like, let them do that. Call a judge if they're trying to pull something like that. Um, if it were to be a younger me, I would say do not play meta, that is boring. <laughs> That's
0: awesome. Um, I, I'll i ask myself this question because I think it's it's fun. I, I, I was trying not to ask myself questions throughout this podcast, but... Um, I think if I had to give any advice to younger girls players, it would be just don't be afraid to try something and like fail at it. You know, like, don't be afraid to go to your first regional and like go 03 drop, (laughs) like just be so glad that you have like the opportunity and the, the just love playing Pokemon. Like we're all there at a regional because we love Pokemon, because we love our friends, because we love the game. Um, so I think that would be the advice I would give to, like, younger players in general, maybe. But if I was going to give advice to a younger Emmy, I would definitely tell her, like, do not listen to what other people think of you. Like, just tune out everything. Um, and part of that's because it's, like, I struggled when I was younger with self-esteem in general. But, like, I am so happy that I didn't let some jerk at an LGS stop me from playing the game competitively because I would have never met Piper or Eliza or anyone else on Girl Power. I would have never traveled to all these crazy places. Um, so yeah, I just am thankful to myself for not letting that stop me. So yeah, don't let any jerks tell you that you can't play because you're a girl or ask you something like, Oh, are you looking for something for your boyfriend or any of that BS Just be feisty and don't let it get to ya. But, yeah, any any last thoughts from either of you guys as we wrap up this uh, kind of special episode?
2: I don't have anything.
1: I just hope everyone has a good time in the rest of the season. You know, cups and challenges are coming back, and uh, things are about to get really weird. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, Eliza, good luck at Fort Wayne. And Eliza and Piper, good luck at you, I see. Go win so I can say, wow, I interviewed them on podcasts. It was so fun. (laughs) But anyways, uh, this has been Pokey Emmy, Piper Lapine, and Eliza Barbera with the Lake of Rage podcast. Hope to catch you next week.